Welcome back, listeners to Learning from Friends. My name is Cade Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure that I like to call, again, Learning from Friends. For those that are coming in here and joining us, you're in for a treat today. I've been waiting to record this episode for two years. It was one of the first ideas that came up is we're going to do a roundtable discussion today about wrestling. And there are seven of us sitting here to do this today. We just got done watching the all-in pay-per-view of AEW. But before we do it, Usually we have my mom's quote of the day. We're changing up a little bit. Dad, take it away. Blood, sweat, and respect. The first two you give, the last you earn. Give it, earn it. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, great wrestling quote to get us kind of started into it. Thank you, Dad. So... There are seven of us here. We're going to go around the table. Everybody's going to get a chance to say hey before we get rolling into this. My name is Kay Curtis, obviously. Hello, everyone. I am Chris Bias. Longtime Learning from Friends listeners might recall I was on the first episode, and I also interviewed Cade during his one-year anniversary episode. I've known Cade since kindergarten, and we've been wrestling fans for just as long, and he's wanted to do this one for a long time, so it's good to be here for it. I'm Joe Mize. As Chris, I was episode number two for Cade and longtime friend since sixth grade, wrestling buddy since sixth grade, and we're ready to go hard at it today. Um, Daniel Murphy, I've I've also been on an episode with Cade. I'm not sure what number, but yeah, I've known Cade since college. Probably shorter. Well, not the shortest of anybody here. There's one more person, but I watch wrestling, and we've all talked about wrestling and. Ready to go. Hey, I'm uh, Corey Curtis. I'm a first-time listener. First-time caller. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, I'm Kate's brother. Fully support him on this project. He's refused to come on until now, so uh, I give a shout-out there. <laughs> My name is Ryan Wright. I'm the youngest of the group here. I've known Kate for, what, about eight years now? Sounds about right. Actually, it's been a decade. Been, 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 been a decade? Well, time flies because I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm Donald Curtis. I'm Cade's dad. I'm a longtime listener, longtime wrestler, watcher. And that's about it. And I'm going to make the comment here. Of, that's the reason why Corey and I watch is right there so we're gonna go up oh, go ahead Corey. it's all his fault <laughs> <laughs> straight up it is all his fault now we're gonna dive into our episode here after everyone's got to kind of talk for introducing themselves i love it we should have some theme music or something going into this i feel like i need to talk to my buddy ryan not this ryan but a different ryan to get like some special like entrance music for this episode we're, we're gonna have to make that work we're gonna go ahead <laughs> Don't sue us, Tony Khan. <laughs> okay, so the first thing going out of the gate here, we run into this constantly as wrestling fans. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that we run into as wrestling fans? 
Okay, so Chris here. And I've probably been waiting to say this forever. So this is perfect. <laughs> I'm going to take over for a little bit. Because I know some of you fair listeners that have listened to Cade are thinking, a wrestling episode? Wrestling podcast? Some of you are curious. Some of you probably like wrestling. And some of you think wrestling is the dumbest thing on the planet. And you have no idea why we're here to talk about it. And to be clear, it is okay if you think wrestling's the dumbest thing on the planet, like internally, if you just feel that way and you think I just it's dumb, that's okay. However, if you are someone that wants to walk up to a wrestling fan and say, Well, hey, why do you watch it? It's fake. Wait, I- wait, wait, wait. It's it's fake. You're full of shit. You are full of shit. Shut, shut up, Chris. We did not. Chris, shut up. We kept Corey and kayfabe, which is our first term of the day. Kayfabe. To everyone listening, kayfabe is the storyline universe. When you say keep something kayfabe, you mean keep it in character, keep it in story. What you see on TV is usually in kayfabe. And then when you see a wrestler outside and they're just living their normal lives, they're out of kayfabe. And so now we've smartened Corey up. After almost 40 years of being a wrestling fan, I've shattered his hopes and dreams. So that's unfortunate. But on a serious note, to con- continue on what he said, the most annoying thing as a wrestling fan is when someone walks up and says, you know, it's fake, right? No shit. No <laughs> shit. It hasn't been 30 years and we all know it's fake. And you know why this annoys me? If you go and watch Romeo and Juliet, if you go and see a play, at the very end, when the lovers die in each other's arms, do you stand up and say, oh, no, 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 hold on. One of them, in fact, did not stab themselves, and the other did not drink the poison. They are, in fact, not dead. No, you don't, wait, because you're wait, not a moron. Wait, wait. wait. Ro- Romeo and Juliet didn't die? We're going to have to take that mic from Corey. We're going to have to take it. Someone take it. You mean that wasn't poison we saw? Funny thing forced to get involved here. When they get up on the stage... After dying and they bow to the crowd, you don't shout, fake. You don't go find Mercutio after the show and say, aha, you did not in fact get stabbed with a sword. You just had it under your arm the whole time. No, you don't do that because you're not an idiot. You're there for the performance. You're there to get caught up, to enjoy it. You know those high school actors on the stage that can barely act are not in fact stabbing one another to death, but you like it. Because it's a play, it's an act, and wrestling is an act. So just do us all a favor. Even if you think wrestling is dumb, don't come up to us and say it's fake. Because you're the dumb one if you do that. What's what's the famous rock rock quote? Know your role. It doesn't matter. Know your role and shut your mouth. Yes, to you, to you who would come up to me and say it's fake. Know your role, which is to not exist in the wrestling universe and shut your mouth. Chris, so who's the person that came up with all that? How long did that take you? That was me. It doesn't matter what it... It got me. Oh, the, a rock classic. A the rock best way classic. I can describe wrestling is a sports opera. Athletic opera, per se. Yeah, I mean... It's overdramatic, but we're here to see the story that's played out in the ring and promos, vigilance, little videos that the companies and wrestlers produce for us. So I think one of the misconceptions that wrestling fans get is that it is for poor, dumb, southern redneck hillbillies. 
And oh my, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Even though, yes, we are all from the South here, but it is nationwide. It is worldwide as we just watched our pay-per-view that was from Wembley, London, England. Yeah, 80 grand. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, breaking records here. So it is something that transcends a region. It transcends. I mean, these people come from all over the world to work in these companies. And these people are highly trained actors and athletes because they put their bodies on the line. And they're geniuses with their storytelling. Yes, people don't realize how much psychology goes into a wrestling match Absolutely. to make you feel. And that's where I'll sort of pick up. I think a lot of people have a misconception that it's just two dudes or two ladies or whoever or a lady and a dude. Um, we'll get into intergender wrestling later, probably. But wrestling's not just fighting in the ring. It can be many things. It can be fighting. It can be comedy. Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace. Did horror, you know. And um, heck, the pay-per-view we just watched, the last match, no joke, was about friendship. 100%. It was everything. So for, for everybody's interesting reading, they want to check out, there's legitimately an article in the New York Times magazine that was written Basically, questioning is everything wrestling? True, there you or go. Or is it by Jeremy, you know, by Jeremy Gordon? Great article. You know, it brings in everything from social media to politics to pop culture. It, it's something to think about. What do you got, Dan? I've never really paid attention to the stereotypes or misconceptions. I mean, yeah, I hear the wrestling's fake thing, but I mean, I, my personal opinion is, is everybody's own personal opinion. I mean, it's just if you want to watch it, you watch it. If you don't, then stay out of my way because I'm going to watch it. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. That's a true statement. I mean, it's it's basically it's it's lowbrow art. It's what go. it is. It's it's art. And here's my big one: is they're not really getting hurt. Holy moly! When these people go through these injuries that are sometimes out for six months, a year, some careers are ended over these moves. Yes, it may be predetermined on it, but the stuff that they put their bodies through is insane. If you go through and look at the independent circuits and you look at some of these hardcore matches stuff that goes on here, when they're bleeding, about 80% of the time, they're actually really bleeding. And when they're going to the back, they're getting chiropractic work on them. They're getting an ice baths. They're, they are just as much as a pro athlete. They are pro athletes going through this. And they put their body through hell and back. There's a movie out there, a document called Beyond the Mat. Yes. Highly recommend at least watching that to get a better understanding of professional wrestling. And there's a great movie by Mickey Rourke years ago called The Wrestler. Yes. One of my favorite movies it of all time. It is such a good movie to teach. Not really teach, but to show you kind of what the wrestlers go on their back end. And like he said, the wrestlers, they get hurt. There's wrestlers with broken freaking necks. Kurt Angle, go look him up. He, Olympic yes. athlete. Olympic athlete came over to wrestling. Ronda Rousey came over to professional wrestling. The, pre, the matches are predetermined in generally. 95% of the time, 
we know the matches there are freak accidents that happen like any professional athlete triple h oh my word tore his quad one match and owen hart died in the ring owen hart fell from the rafters and that's what i wanted to piggyback on as a wrestling fan there's a reason why we hate the word fake. Scripted is fine because scripted is the answer. Scripted drama. Fake implies that you go out, you do what you do in the ring for 30 minutes, and then you walk to the back and you're 100% healthy. Yeah. But that's yeah. not true because if for 200 days a year, you're going out and picking up someone else's body, throwing it around, running around at a high speed, jumping from eight feet in the air to land on someone, the wear and tear that accumulates on someone's body just by doing those activities it is significant. Even Hulk Hogan, who's got one of the most basic finishers, just a leg drop. Look at the way he walks now. Yeah, people He's got don't... really no hips, no lower spine, and he's walking in pain from that daily. He takes medication. He does get surgeries. But no one can really teach you how to take a chair shot or fall off a ladder. Well, and on that point, another misconception is people seem to assume that the ring that you fall in is soft, like a trampoline. But it's not. Because if it was a trampoline, you would bounce too high and it wouldn't look convincing. There's plywood under that. There's a little bit of padding. There's a little much. there's Maybe a little padding, of course. And a half. But because they need it to look legitimate, there cannot be a lot of give in a wrestling ring, which is why you see so many wrestlers have hip injuries, back injuries over a long period of time because they drop on their backs you know, multiple times a week. So even though it's scripted, the amount of physical effort that goes through wrestling is something that can break somebody's body down over years. So scripted is fine, but let's not say it's fake just because that discredits the actual work well, the wrestler's putting in. That's that's the interesting part that I will get into and what keeps me kind of intrigued is the fact that it's, it's an unreality. It's like a reality show where it blurs the line between truth and falsehood. Sure. Because it is, as you said, it's scripted, but there is a price that's paid in order to provide this form of entertainment. Yeah, what's easier? Actually punching someone in the face or trying to pretend like you punched them in the yeah. face and you didn't? It's it's the reason why when some of the some of the actual, you know, like fighters from like UFC go over, it becomes so difficult for them to become believable because they're having to fight against their own instincts. Yeah, that's why people say wrestling's an art because it's hard. It's a lot easier to punch someone in the face than to make it look like you did it. And then as injuries, sometimes you do hit people. Sometimes you really will hit someone. And that's where that wear and tear comes, which leads us to our second term, stiff. In wrestling, stiff means you might have laid it in a little bit too thick. When you went for that punch, you might have actually connected with that punch. So if you hear us say working stiff, that means maybe the wrestler left a little something extra on the end of it. And everyone goes in to take a bump. Taking a stiff shot, even on a fake punch, means you're actually getting hit. Jeering around that jawline, and sometimes it's a real punch. Oh, yeah. Brock Lesnar had a, when he came back to WWE years ago, got a little promo or segment with John Cena and legit busting him up, which yeah. we'll talk about busted open a little bit later. We're going to use that as a term, like a receipt. Ah, receipt. Yes. Receipt. I don't know if you picked it up on the background, but oftentimes in wrestling, if one wrestler legitimately punches the other, they are owed a receipt, which means the wrestler that has been punched 
has free reign to hit the other wrestler back. And it's a way that wrestlers ensure that everybody is kept in line, they're kept in order, that one person can't go crazy. Yes, an eye for an eye. And that receipt doesn't have to immediately come. That receipt can be saved up, and it can be brought at a later date. So in wrestling, it's very common to see one wrestler accidentally stiff another, and the one that gets stiff just wait a little bit, and then later on just elbow somebody in the face. Just as a reminder that you cannot go willy-nilly out there. What you got, Ryan? Not Ryan, Daniel. I'm just holding the mic. I just hold the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for the mic. No, We've got two mics for literally going between and kind of like working. So it's we're playing kind of like hop toad and peptato in a weird odd way. Just so, like that chair shot from earlier. Sure. Oh yeah, we went back and forth. Yeah, that's true. So okay, that's that's dive here. This is a phone. Everybody can answer this question. What does professional wrestling mean to you? I say for me as a form of entertainment. Okay. It's something, you know, I grew up with my father, just like you and your dad. Wrestling was something we grew up with. That's how me and my dad kind of connected because we couldn't really find anything to more when I was young. So we started wrestling, watching wrestling and going to shows, going to local shows, seeing wrestlers like Mick Foley and Rest is Peace, Terry Funk. And that was just a form of connection and a form of how would we spend a Friday night, Saturday night together. And you can see some great stories, some great matches, and some of the wrestlers are very nice outside the ring. Some can be a-holes like anyone else. Sure, Steve. What you got, Dad? I've been to a lot of matches in my lifetime. It's really enjoyable to go with your family and see the different people that you meet. I've met a lot of the wrestlers. I, I've even met Andre the Giant. And he is what he is. I wonder. I hauled off and got to uh, shake hands with him. And it was amazing how little my hand was compared to what he was. And he was just, he was a man. And he thoroughly enjoyed doing what he called off and done. And I'll just piggyback off what Ryan said. I'm in the same sort of boat. I use it as a bonding tool with my family members, you know. For me, you know, it goes to Saturday mornings as a kid watching it. First thing before cartoons, getting up, TBS, got to watch Saturday morning wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know we'll get into it later, but I was a WCW kid. Um, yeah. And then you watch wrestling and then you watch it with your brother and you watch it with your dad and your dad's like, well, don't do this. And then <laughs> like, dad are at home, Sorry. your brother and I practiced it on each other if you if you as uh, a boy that had a sibling oh yeah man. there were many uh suplexes on any bed or couch oh, yeah. so, or anything so, that was remotely close by. so quick story like two seconds what does wrestling mean to me it means choking my dad out one time <laughs> um yeah so we were you know at night i was probably like seven and we would play wrestle every night and he would like body slam me into bed and one night, 
I got him in a chokehold where I just wrapped my legs around his neck and had him in a headlock and like a head triangle. And all of a sudden, you know, he couldn't get my legs apart. And he's like sitting there tapping out. And he's like, get that up. And then he just like went limp. And then my seven-year-old self, I'm like, dad, dad. I'm like shaking him and I'm like, I just killed my dad here. I'm like seven years old. Then it like two seconds later, he came back. But you know, by the way, the inability to tap out most front of the family. Cause I put you in a chokehold <laughs> yeah. on the high school stage once. That's and, true. And no, that was me. no, no, it was Joe too. Yeah, and yeah, I, and I, you I, just wouldn't stop. No, so I, I was just going to choke you into yeah, oblivion. So yeah, absolutely. You got a tough family. Yeah. We refused. So, but I was just going to say for me, wrestling is just escapism, right? For me, Anyone that has watched a Marvel movie should understand the appeal of wrestling because when you're growing up, wrestlers are superheroes. You have the good guys that feel larger than life or as they're known in wrestling, baby faces. Baby face is a term meaning the good guy, the hero, the one that does the right thing and typically doesn't cheat. And you have those sort of characters. And as a kid, they feel larger than life and you look up to them almost like a superhero. So to someone's earlier point about wrestling appearing in other forms and other mediums, absolutely. Wrestling has channeled the superhero aspect for years. Boxing has taken the wrestling swagger. And so for me, it's just another form, just like people like to watch movies to escape somewhere. Some like to read books. Wrestling provides the same thing. What does professional wrestling mean to me? Honestly, I didn't actually watch it as a kid. Unlike most of y'all, I was not allowed to watch it. Mainly because my dad hogged the TV, but also because <laughs> because my mom just honestly thought it was too violent. Um, I used to sneak watch it when they weren't home on the channels uh, uh, that yeah. I could find it. Right of passage um, as a young boy. Oh, every, I mean, and like Joe, I was a WCW kid because that's the only thing I really was able to watch which we'll also talk about later. But yeah, I mean, I don't have the history like you guys do. I came into it rather late in my life, actually. So we're glad you made it. So I'm going to make this statement of, as Corey mentioned earlier, and dad mentioned watching with his family. uh, For me, this was 100% mine and my dad's connection of dad worked night shift. And when he worked night shift, he would watch wrestling with us before he would leave for work. And then he would go, hey, tell me what happened in the main event. And the next, that would be our conversation the next morning. And if there was a pay-per-view, dad had a couple friends at work that would give us the cassette tape that would record it and bring it home. This is where I'm going to cry for a second. Dad and I got to go on a cruise this year. The Jericho cruise. And... We got to talk wrestling. And it was probably the closest I've felt to dad in years. I'm getting to share that time with him. And that's what wrestling is to me. I'm getting to call, talk to dad about wrestling, keep that kind of bond in place. And we got to see there was a whole bunch of belts laid out on the table. There was a, was it a belt from Georgia Championship Wrestling? Dad goes, I saw that belt defended in Gainesville, Georgia. And we got to, he touched the belt. And for a second, seeing dad's eyes light up there, looking at that belt, reminded me why I like wrestling so much. Somebody take the mic. I'm so glad you, you went on the cruise with him because you talked about yeah. it so much leading up to him. And I was like, partly jealous. 
but also so glad I didn't go. So you get to experience that. Agree. Where your dad and if go back on Joe's part about choking his dad out, winning that family championship title. Apparently, <laughs> oh, yeah. still defending. Yes, still defending. I was young. Like Joe, me and my dad were wrestling. He picked me up, body slammed, and broke my arm. Oh! When we went to the hospital to get the x-ray, get the cast on, the hospital staff immediately red flag, child with a broken arm. He's abused. And Well, technically, they're not actually wrong in this scenario. (laughs) So the doctor sweetly asked me, Ryan, how did you break your arm? I just blurt out, my daddy broke my arm. <laughs> and oh, he God. just disappeared for like months on end, and I still haven't seen him. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he just he immediately went to the car and just, my mom told me he was nervous the entire time when the police showed up. And my family has a deputy chief for the county. It took calling him to, no, he will never hurt me. He will kill anyone who tried to hurt me. Just, just, just everyone knows Ryan's dad did not, in fact, abandon him. That part of the story was a joke, but. Until he went to work, he did abandon me for that night. Well, I, a night is acceptable. I just thought you were going to get a lot of sympathy. Thanks, Undeserved what? sympathy points. There. That is unfortunate. Man. That is unfortunate. The point that I would like to make. Closer? Can you hear me? Mic, mic check. One, one, two, one, two. I'm, I'm not about to drop a rap like Mac, Max Caster. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, Louder than a mouse. Boy, that band would look good in a blouse. <laughs> if, if he was from Liverpool, he'd be a scouse. Which is a term for people in that area. And now we're going to edit that part out. My terrible yep. rapping oh, nice. skills. Anyway, it's, 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 it's kayfabe now. Kayfabe. No. Um. One thing I'll make the comment about, I don't know about everybody else in here. I was never under the impression that wrestling was real. Because we weren't allowed to know. Well, my mother, as many other mothers, made sure Ah. that everybody knew, me, my brother, my sister, that wrestling was fake. Even to this day, even to this day, she still gives us the speech because we have a niece and nephew now. Ah, I see. So I've, you know, I've always looked at it from sort of like a, you know, it's, it's, it's interactive theater. It's something for you to get hyped up on. One of the reasons why I was always so borderline interested in it is because of a story the dad told me about what was it? Our great uncle. Anyway, let me pass the story. Let me pass the mic to dad. He can tell. This it. is a great story. Yeah, this happened several years ago in in 1980. Me, my twin brother, and all of our cousins would haul off and go over to my dad's great uncle's house and watch wrestling. On a Saturday night, he was 80 year old. He couldn't hear, so he sat real close to the television with his hand put on the TV to where he could hear the announcers whenever they called 
out the wrestler's names. As long as his man was winning, there was nothing he would say. But if his man got to losing, it was a totally different story. So one night, we were sitting there, and Mr. Wrestling number one was wrestling Dick Slater. And Dick Slater hauled off and cheated. He put his feet on the rope and pent Mr. Wrestling number one. After that, he jumped up, grabs the ball bat, and hits the TV and busts the TV. And that's not the wrestler. That was our great-great-uncle destroyed his own television with a baseball bat. And, and the fact that something can cause that much emotion in an individual personally speaks to this art form. You know, getting so worked up that they're willing to, for better lack of the words, inflict violence on something. Right. Hey, hey, Dad, don't you have a story as well about a lady at, in Gainesville uh, when, during a match? Well, we were at Gainesville Civic Center one Saturday night. Me, my cousin, and I'll... And we turned around and went to the wrestling that they had up there that night. So we turned around and we're sitting there. And I can't remember. I believe it was Waldo Von Eric was wrestling uh, one of the Torres brothers. And Waldo Von Eric turned around and was cheating, which is normal for him. <laughs> and... He turned around and took, after the match, he turned around and took a cheer and hit the Torres brother over the head with it and pinned him. There was a 75, 80-year-old lady, jumps in the ring, grabs a cheer, throws it in the ring, and turns around and, and goes and turns around and hits Waldo Von Eric in the head with the cheer, the cheer just doubled up. She hit him so hard. And so they, they, the policeman hauled off and arrested her, took her out into the parking lot. And after Waldo Von Eric hauled off and left the ring, they turned around and let the lady come back into the match. And, and that wasn't a work. New term, work. In the universe of wrestling, work means it's part of the storyline. Two guys are uh, making those delightful Twitter comments mm -hmm. towards one another, telling them how much they're shit. The reality is they might be working everyone. They're really friends. They have no problem. But they want to make you as fans believe that it is real. On the opposite side of that, a shoot means it's real. If someone says a comment is a shoot comment, that means they actually meant it. And a lot of fun that goes on in the wrestling world today is wrestlers are smart enough to know that everybody can peek behind the wrestling curtain, that they try to convince you that what feels like a shoot is a work and what feels like a work is a shoot. It's very metagamey at this point. And that is half the fun, as Corey just said in the back. It's half the fun to not actually know if those two guys legitimately hate each other, but just want to do business and make money, or if they're friends and they're just laughing at us from the back because everything's okay. 
Yeah, so I think that's kind of going to move to our next question, uh, or one of the next questions is like, what was the first wrestling event you ever went to? I know it's jumping yeah. down no, no, a little dude, bit. No, no, dude, there's but, no order here. But Donald had this awesome story, and so I think it was probably one of the first ones I went to was actually when I was in college, and Chris's brother Robbie and I... Uh, we went up to see TNA wrestling up in Rome, up at the Coliseum. Robbie still tells the Ro- Rome, Georgia, not in the big Italy. Um, we took a long flight. We took a long flight just for that one wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, like an hour drive. So, <laughs> so um, the whole night, there's probably about 900 people in the arena. It's like the small Coliseum arena, gymnasium type, and. I am the guy who's the instigator and I like to instigate the crowd with no regard to my personal safety. And, you know, people believe that it is, yes, a pot stirrer. That is, well, yes. And so... With that being said, it got to the end of the match and this lady in front of me who had her husband and her small children with her and several Budweiser's in her. That's um, awesome. That's normal. Yeah, you know, it's Rome. So we were... <laughs> we, yeah. all, we all have stories. And, and so we were um, watching the match and it was uh, Mr. Anderson versus... Mr. Yes. Anderson. Yes, versus versus Jeff Jarrett. And Anderson was the good guy or the face, and Jarrett was the heel. Have we discussed heel? Okay. Heel is the term for the bad guy. Face good guy, heel bad guy. But with this being said, I have been working on this lady all night long as far as just poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the bear. And then Anderson was the good guy, as I said. So she's cheering, Anderson, Anderson. And I'm like, Anderson sucks. Anderson sucks. And the whole time, it's just making her more and more angry. And all of a sudden, she doesn't even look behind me. She just sticks her right arm out, gives me the bird, and the fulfillment and the satisfaction that came over me and everybody around me. It was just absolutely hilarious because this woman was in her chair and I was the only guy in the entire arena cheering for the bad guy. And I won her over just like that. That's why you never went with Joe to a (laughs) wrestling match. He was always, aggravating the people next door which is common in wrestling by the way you could go to a ten thousand seat arena and there's one guy in there that thinks i'm gonna piss off everybody else Corey's over here jumping well i mean me me. that's that's the argument that i want to make it is interactive theater if there is no half the fun of going to a show it doesn't matter who is on the card comes down to the fact that you pick sides and you interact. There is no wrestling without a crowd. Yes. There we is saw no, that during the pandemic and it was hard. There's no wrestling without the crowd. And heck, I'll be completely honest. We went to a show on Wednesday night. I can't 
tell you who actually won, but I had a great time. One of my favorite events. Um, they talk about Macon. No, I'm not going to talk about Macon. I'm going to talk about Buffington. Oh yes, we went. It was me, Joe, Dad, Kate, Katie, Wynn. Garrison, and Katie. Katie's, who is who is Kate, yeah, Katie's Kate. Katie's first time going to a wrestling yeah. event? She was oh. traumatized. And 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 so we're in a gym. gym at Buffington School. There was how many people there? Fifty? No, no. There was no, two hundred. No, there was they more. They sold out the show because it was AJ Styles' last yep. indie show AJ. before going to WWE. Yes. And it's it's it the was- first time that it's uh, um, Buffington Gym sold out. And we didn't know. Half the people on the actual card. All we knew, all yeah, we, we knew yeah, we the was H- AJ Styles. Yeah. Um, no, Gunner was there too from well, TNA. And Gunner. Well, as I said, that's not the point. No, it's not. The point is, is that me and Cade and Joe and Gerson was there. Gerson was there too. Probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the night, Cade could not speak. He was so horse because i would pick a side Cade would pick a side and we would just scream at the top of our life joe's sitting over there and gearson's sitting over there just laughing and katie is absolutely katie is, laughing it away from us katie's face was red the majority of the night gearson's face was red because he was laughing so hard that he was about rolling in the floor and those memories they're there with you forever. Are there with you forever, and that—that's the point. It's interactive theater. Corey is absolutely correct on that. It is interactive, and especially when you're a kid, right? It's larger than life. Which leads me to my first wrestling show, since Do that it. was the question. So, young Chris got lucky because one of my best friends, his cousin, worked backstage at WCW. God, about this. Now, there are a few questions later on that I'm probably answering right now. Like, Kate, I was a WCW kid, for sure. All right. And my favorite wrestler is Sting. Favorite wrestler of all time, Sting. Woo! Back then, Surfer Sting. Yep. I'll say that goes to both Sting and Ric Flair. It goes to both. We get to go backstage, and I'm like seven years old. So she works there, and we get to meet some of the wrestlers. I don't know who we're meeting. So I walk to the back. There's a back curtain. And out strides motherfucking Sting. And he comes out. He woos. And child Chris, I think I fell over. Like, I think seven-year-old me, like, fell into my dad's arms or something. And we mentioned kayfabe. They kept kayfabe the whole time. They were in character. Sting shook my hand. I got photos. One of the coolest wrestling memories of my life. Ric Flair walks out. I get to meet Nature Boy. But the part of the story I really wanted to tell was... If anybody watched wrestling back in WCW, you'll remember a wrestler named Lex Luger. The total, the total package. package. And that man, he, when we talk about being buff, I don't know how many steroids he had to consume in his life back then. All of them. But he is ripped to the gills. And so he walks out and my mom is there and my friend's mom is there. And Lex, as soon as he walks out, he's two feet away. He looks at them, says, ladies turns his body so you can see his peck and flexes and that peck probably popped out like four freaking inches and my mom and my friend's mom had to like keep keep decorum 
Like there was almost a oh my right. So he basically he booby bounced him. He, he did, yeah. He 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 mentally booby bounced him with his peck, right? And we actually got led to the front row that had an area roped off for us. And as we're standing there, a woman taps my mom on the shoulder and says, "Who are you people?" And in reality, we were absolutely no one. We just got backstage tickets, but to go and get to experience that, meet the wrestlers, and feel the roar of the crowd, like Corey said, right? When you get that energy, I mean, you get addicted to it. Yeah, if you go to a, t- a show for wrestling and you're not cheering, being interactive, what are you with doing it, there? Why? Yeah. Why are you buying a ticket? Go sit at home, be a bump on the log. We, oh, well, wait Dan, a second, Katie would love to sit, love to sit and just watch people at the show. So technically, if you're if you're going to people Katie, watch, though. no, no, if you, some people go to people watch. That's that's, that's okay she, too. Did she go to the fight that have fallen to the show? I know she went with us. No, but I she can't went to two episodes with me when, during the pandemic at AEW. Oh Downing, yeah, I forgot you did. But that. she didn't. Get, she went Fuck to the you. beach whenever we went. Hey man, you so, you got to go to the pay per view first one afterwards. They did the yes. Me and Kristen so, went to Double or Nothing. Yeah, exactly. And had the time of our lives. I got to do I, the very first house show ever. Yeah, you did. Hey, real quick, pause for a second. On Dad met Luger once. We was coming home from work about four thirty one afternoon. And we hauled off and needed to get some gas, so we stopped at the filling station to get some gas. Guy in a big Harley motorcycle pulls up beside us, turns around and takes his helmet off, and he hauled off and had on diamond stud did earrings or jackets, pants, his seat. Was I mean they were diamonds? He turns around, and takes his helmet off, and his neck and arms were like I say, all run together. I mean you couldn't. I guarantee you couldn't reach around his neck as big as his neck was, let alone his arms. We turned around and said, "We're we're not being nosy or nothing, but are you Lex Luger?" He said, "I'm what they're left of him." This was before he hauled off and got sick, the stroke and all. But he he was an amazing, amazing guy to talk to. That's what, going back to my little quick story about interaction, me and Dan go to Dragon Con every year, and they have a wrestling show with a lot of just local people called DCW. And over 70%, I want to say, it's all about fan interaction. They will try to get into your face, and they're... They're wanting to get a response from you. It's part of the show because we got some people who'll be drunk out of their mind. I'm kind of raising my hand to this part too because I'm usually I'm drunk at this point. But it makes great fun because we all are there for a good show. We're there for a good time. Last year, I think uh, one of them got thrown into the crowd for crying out loud. So we're just, you know, you're sitting there chilling. Like, is that a big guy? Oh, shit. And he's (laughs) He's coming in. He came in hot. There's a joke in there somewhere. We got really lucky that we grew up in Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, where literally the headquarters of wrestling was for a long time because of WCW. And, yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers from WCW days. Uh, I've seen Kevin Nash up here from time to time. I've run into Scott Steiner many times coming out of Walmart yeah. and Woodstock. Scott Steiner and his brother both live in Canada. I yelled yep. at Buff Bagwell in the Canton Wendy's parking lot. We were driving by, 
My brother and I were leaving Wendy's. I was like 10 years ago. And I see a guy in his suit on the phone. Normally now, Chris at this age, I wouldn't yell at a man on the phone. But I knew who he was and I didn't care. I leaned down and yelled, yeah, Buff got the stuff. And he looked at me and waved. Probably thinking that annoying 18-year-old stuck in a window. But yeah, they were all over. Yeah, they were all over. And I got to give a shout out real quick to uh, Rick Steiner, who's on the board of education here. So here's the shout out for it. Is no, no, no. This, no, this is, no, no. this is really cool. On my friend Brandy, listen to the podcast. Hey, Brandy, she had her son Jacob ju- had a birthday, and we were sitting at the rec center. And a friend of hers knows Rick. Rick called her to say happy birthday to her son because of they are big wrestling fans. And that was super cool that, you know, he did that for, for her. And that was that was really neat just to kind of have that. Like uh, yeah. there was an old wrestler for WCW called Glacier. Yeah, we, Go Glacier. I ran into a Dragon Con one year when he was got paid. Nice guy. And years before, I ran into him at a Hooters, watching UFC pay per view. Oh, you were there too, Chris? No, I have also ran into Glacier at a Hooters before. <laughs> but it was not the same pay-per-view. The man just liked to go to Hooters for pay-per-views. He just likes those wings, if you know what I'm saying. Today I learned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's legit being but growing cr- up. We grew up in a good time for wrestling, too. Like That was a great time for being where we were located. Chris, I just got to ask a question. Did you mark out? Oh, man. Another term. Mark. Term. Mark out. Mark is when you, as a fan buy into and celebrate the wrestler as a character. If, for example, you defend a wrestler's persona or you defend their actions that are kayfabe, you are being a mark. You are buying into the story. You are being emotional. So fans of wrestling are typically called marks because we're willing to buy into the story and like dislike wrestlers based on their characters. An enduring term and a derogatory term. Yes, if you can't hear Corey in the back, it can be... A negative term, but it can also just be a term to describe a fan that is passionate about wrestling. It really depends on who's saying it. It's all about how you use it. You may call you stupid yes. Mark, or you're just marking out. Yes. So going back to like if we've met anybody, it's funny. The first time I ever actually physically met a wrestler, I think I was with I was with Cade and all them at a TNA show at the Tabernacle. And we had gotten second row seats before before we got to meet the wrestlers. And I had kind of known a little bit about it at that point, but it was just kind of like, so I, so we go up and we walk through and we're shaking hands and stuff like that. I'd met Mickey James and didn't even know who she was. Met, even though I'd heard the name before, never didn't know who she was. I met Mickey James, some other wrestlers that was there. Then I met Rob Van Dam and Velvet Sky, which Velvet Sky, I pretty much almost passed out. And as, and as Chris's brother, Robbie likes to say, I don't act very well when I meet people i pretty much geek out and his brother likes to tell a david green story that's another time but yeah so basically i got to meet them and then at one year at dragon con sting sting and, and Lita were there but they were there just as like guests i guess because they were they weren't in makeup or nothing like that but they were signing autographs and i was too scared to go up and talk to them so because i never know what to say so it's just i'm always gonna afraid i'm gonna make a fool of myself yeah, I mean, that's that's so cool. I remember being on the cruise with dad and the whole thing at the cruise is it's you're on a boat with professional wrestlers going around and everywhere. And I remember getting on the elevator all the time and being in the elevators with people and being with the professional wrestlers. And we had simple conversations, just kind of talked to them about different stuff. And that was they were just, hey, they were cool hanging out with you where they would talk to you. They take photos, they would do little stuff with you. But they wrestlers are people, too, man. 
Like they, and they love to kind of like have that little moment with you as well because they they know if it's good for their brand. I have just one more story before we potentially move on. I just wanted to say as far as meeting wrestlers, the show we just watched, one of the wrestlers that wrestled in front of 80,000 people at Wembley is named Trent Beretta. Yes. And I met Trent Beretta uh, about a year ago. And I'm not one to normally get overly emotional or mark out when I meet people. Seven-year-old Chris did for Sting, right? But it was after a pay-per-view and I'm in line to get on my plane and I see Trent, who wrestled on the card. Card! Another wrestling term! Which essentially is just the order of matches. The card are all the matches that you are going to see that night. The card is always subject to change. Yes, card is always subject to change. And Trent is standing about 20 feet away waiting for a different plane. And I see him and he's on his phone. So I think I am not going to say anything to this man because he's on his phone. He has his headset in. Well, at that moment, he looks up and we make eye contact. And so now I'm thinking well, it was it was love at first sight. Love at first sight. Um, <laughs> we're married now was the ending of that story. Trent, Trent doesn't know it yet. Yeah, his mom, Sue, who drove in on a van today in, the, in one of the big matches, she, she married us. Uh, but no, uh, in, in serious, um, serious, out of kayfabe, I make eye contact with this man. And I think, oh, well, what do I do? So he looks at me, nods, and he takes out one of his headphones. So I think, shit, he thinks I want to come over and talk to him. And I did, but I don't want to disturb him. But now I have to do it. So I walk over to Trent. And Trent, when you meet him in person, he's a very chill guy of few words. And I didn't want to be too overeager. So I walk up and I say, hey, man. He replies, hey, bro. I say, great show last night. He says, yeah. I said, yeah, awesome. He said, how was the main event? I said, good, watch it back. He said, cool. I then slapped him on the back and I got a photo and walked away. And I remember I slapped him on the back and I'm three steps away and I'm thinking, that man doesn't know me. He did not want me to slap him on the back like that. But normally I would have said, hey, man, I watched you wrestle in the Tokyo Dome eight years ago. I've seen your career. Great job. But I tried to match his energy. So I had about a 12-word conversation with Trent Beretta in the Chicago airport about a year past. And then I get a picture as I'm waiting for my plane. And we, I'm like, we son all, of a bitch. We all got pictures. Well, oh, I forgot. You were actually there. Yeah. And I was, no, I was at the other airport. I know. But you, you had actually went to the show. But no, the, the one weird interaction that I, I remember whenever we met, me and dad and Cade met some wrestlers, was um, we went to see a taping of NWA at oh, yeah. taping at, what was it, Georgia? The Georgia... GPTV not, yeah, Studios. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> we get in the elevator and the Dawsons were in there. Oh, yeah. And it was so funny because they had just had a match fighting each other. They were in like this brother rival, like a brother rival. They're a tag team, um, local guys, I think. Yep. And they had a rivalry going on and they just beat that shit out of each other in the ring. And it was so funny because I think we looked over and like one of the guy's hands was bleeding and it, we said something like, yeah, tough night. And he was like, yeah, it was a pretty tough night. And we're like, well, have a safe drive home. And they're like, have a safe drive home. Just while we while we're yeah. while just we're in waiting. the elevator, just, just wait, riding the elevator, and it just you know just funny funny little interactions like that. I mean, it's they're that's people too. That's you the know? cool thing. <laughs> that's the part of it. So, they play these huge over the top characters, but they're just people too. Exactly. What are you telling me? You didn't have a tag team match in a parking lot? The Kate and Chris versus them? 
Kane, Chris. Wow, it was, it was me, and Chris. me and me and Chris. <laughs> I'm just saying the Curtis brothers. There you go. The that, Curtis Bros. Man, we would have we would have had it. There's no luck. probably between me and Cade and between them, I don't remember their names. It was probably like what? 200, 300 pound probably 300 weight pound difference, difference. Easily. If not four. Combined <laughs> weight. <laughs> okay. If you now watch a Ray Mysterio match against Big Show, he always loses. <laughs> the Big Show always so loses. I'm, I'm going to make this transition over from we're talking about all these different like wrestling things and all this different stuff from our stories here. We had a little bit of mention here of some of your first events, which was really cool to see coming through Atlanta, having all these different wrestling promotions. What is your favorite wrestling era? Because there's so many eras that we've got to live through. I will say for me, personally, right now is my favorite era to live through because you have so many opportunities besides a WWE, besides being able to go just there japan is on you can watch on streaming there tna is having a really war are they still impact or are they tna they are right impact right now. impact impact you have an option to go there you have aew going on you have independents that are getting people ring of honor that's back now you have aew wwe still has its stuff if you are looking for a triple a down in mexico you literally have so many promotions now that people can go and perform at you don't have to just turn to wwe right now to be able to watch you can look and have access to a smorgasbord of all sorts of wrestling right now and for that that means for me the world of getting to have access to that so i was say right now what we're living in to my my opinion is the greatest era of wrestling we'll call it and the that's COVID era. the 80s considered like the golden you know air phrase era of wrestling but like Go on, case what he's saying. This is probably one of the best time, if not the best time, of professional wrestling because there's so much out there. Agreed. And with the technology now, there's so much streaming. You can go pay New Japan Wrestling nine bucks a month and Absolutely. get their entire collection. And there's so much good wrestling over there. And yes. with us likely being in Georgia, there's a lot of good indie shows that happen. And Ken Southern Honor Wrestling, giving them a shout out. Right before one of AEW's big TV shows, I think it was at all in before right for Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega showed up at a yes. Ken show for crying out loud. Even AJ Styles, this last match before he went to WWE. There's so much happening here in Georgia and the world for professional wrestling. But to go back on my favorite era of wrestling, it has to be the attitude era for me. Cause that's when I really put my hand into it. Seeing DX going, suck it, sure. suck it, suck it. And WCW had a great time, but I was a WWE kid growing up, or WWF now, until they lost WWE forever. Then, (laughs) now, forever. Yeah, I want to see a pendant with a chair shot against you one day. (laughs) To to piggyback off that, so we have our first WWE kid, WWF kid, right? You make the rules, and I'll break them. So uh, I will say just quickly, I I actually think I agree with Kate on this one. I feel like for most people that listen that are around our age, the best memories are going to be from the 90s, oh, yeah, which is the WCW when the NWO showed up and the Attitude Era. So I agree. Those are probably my best memories were from those. You need to go around the table and say WCW, WWE, like Kendrick Lamar. So for me, I'm WCW kid. 
Uh, I started watching w- uh, WWE after WCW went out of business. I was forced. So I think those are my best memories. But honestly, I feel like current day with the amount of options, there is more wrestling than ever before. Honestly, a wrestling show I really enjoy is called Choco Pro, which only has a few hundred people on YouTube. They wrestle on a flat brown mat with no ropes in a small square in Japan. But the fact is that that is accessible. And it's people that just care and love it. They're not making more money than I am in life. And yet they're developing stars of the future. You can find that in the 90s. No chance you could have found that. So 90s best memories. But I think wrestling's at an all-time high right now. So for me, like I already said, yeah, I in in it from childhood, WCW, went through all that. You know, we're all around the same age. But I think for me, it was early 2000s. Okay. Interesting. Here's why. Because that was our time to bond. Like, because I mean, how many WrestleManias at Chris's house? I mean, we, it was pay-per-views. We were at Hooters. We, we went and watched pay-per-views. And, and then like, even in college, we would go over to Garrison's house on Monday night. Raw, watch that. And so it was it was great to have that time of wrestling and enjoying the storylines and stuff, even though it was predominantly WWE, but WWE back then they were coming off the attitude era. So they were still edgier than they are today. And the storylines weren't as rerun as they are in like the characters minus John Cena. And that goes to the chance new word of the fans what they were saying, you know, fan chants, Cena sucks, let's go Cena, the crowd working back and forth with each other. You know, that that was our time as friendship to really bond. Yeah, I mean, we had our school time and stuff like that, but that was our time to be guys. And it's really no different than we are right here around the table. You know, we were just sitting here watching wrestling together a few hours ago. So my time was... I'm a little older than these guys are. <laughs> so, so I turned around, like I say, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, and the present. A lot of the older wrestlers I thoroughly enjoyed because, like you say, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. It's, it's, it's amazing how many different types of wrestlers are in each of these companies. All right. Like I'm a W I was a WCW guy. Um, just basically just from what I saw when I was sneaking behind the scenes, behind the scenes. <laughs> um, but no, like most of them, I, I would have to say for me, it was probably the attitude era only because you had uh, the Monday night wars. Oh dude, the Monday night and, wars were amazing. And WCW and, and against WWE um, NWO was like my faction, Hollywood Hogan, all them and of course staying fighting against them and everything else and WCW to me. And the reason I liked it was because it just, it was more of the aggression back then. It was more, they just really just wanted to beat up on each other. Was it ruthless aggression? Oh no, forget John Cena. I'm a, I have a John Cena hater by the way, but, um, also, but the, uh, but like it was just, they wanted to beat up on each other back then. And it was all the matches were just, you didn't know what was going to happen because it was like, people were just coming out of nowhere and, and hitting everybody. And it was just, it was great. I mean, 
Undertaker versus Mankind on the oh my gosh page. through through the I roof. I mean, and this and keep in mind, I never grew up watching it. I, this is for me going back now and watching the matches from back then. I made this decision. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Here's a little bit of quick wrestling knowledge. You know the reason why Hulk Hogan could not use the word Hulk as when it was in WCW and he went by Hollywood Hogan because there's a lawsuit with Marvel. Oh, just a small local knowledge. There was a suit that settled shortly after 2000s started where he cannot use Hulk Hogan as his name. So WCW being smart went with Hollywood Hogan and the NWO. New world order. So basically what Ryan was saying is that he's smarter than you and you know it. <laughs> oh, good. You're damn right. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and put my cards on the table. Um, I was a WCW guy. I did not like the Attitude Error. It's really funny because I like extremes. But like the thing that got me the most and I... I don't know if we want to have a discussion about this or not, uh -oh. but um, I remember, I, I, I'm sure that dad was probably flipping back and forth between stations because of, as you said, the whole WCW, you know, the Monday Night War. You got to go between the two. But there was, there was an incident and it was a planned incident, but it was um, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman. Oh my word. Where yes. he pulled a. Brian Pillman, it, it was a plan. It was completely planned, but there was a home invasion angle. And Brian Pillman pulled a gun, and they actually planted in sounds of him shooting, insinuated that he shot Steve Austin. And even though I think I would have been 13 at the time, knew that it was fake, it was, it, it was too far. It, it, it crossed over into... It pushed the boundaries way too hard, way too hard. <laughs> and but pu purely because of that, I had zero interest for the longest time in WWE, and still have really, really bad, really negative feelings towards some of their storylines. No, sorry. Uh, there was a storyline of Vince McMahon blowing up a limousine to fake his own death, but they pulled that and discontinued it after Chris Benoit. Yeah, it was yes. like the week after. Yes. I wanted to make that clear. If everyone remembers that story. They did that, but they had to stop because of Chris Benoit's death. They did not continue. That's not to say that wrestling isn't shameless, though. <laughs> there are a plethora of examples. A great example. What's the moment? When uh, Matt Hardy and Lita were dating and Lita legitimately cheated on him with Edge and Matt Hardy was legitimately fired from the company despite being the one cheated on. And yet wrestlers, you have to have thick skin. And so what they do, they said, hey, let's make a storyline out of this. So they rehired Matt Hardy and they commenced to beat the shit out of each other despite a real life affair. When, when has the WWE pushed the boundaries of something at some point? Vince has come up with some crazy, insane storylines, and he's come up with some really crazy, good storylines. And Vince, Vin by the way, is Vince McMahon, for anyone that doesn't know. It's the owner of the WWE. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they sold. The WWE sold. Yes, they sold. He's the chairman. Yeah. So, so like, kind of pushing that, you see how culture has been influenced by wrestling. And today, 
right. Wrestling is everything, but you, you look at culture now, especially in, you know, athletics, no matter what sport, they're all coming out to these big entrances, you know, football players are crossing over and a lot of the camera angles that you see in the NFL, they were first using wrestling mm, and right. different stuff. And so it is crazy how wrestling has influenced Absolutely. culture. I mean, you see all these big fight hypes. Yeah, yes. it's because they were talking promos. We haven't taught promos, Chris. Yes, a promo is a planned speech that is used to get you as a fan hyped up for a match. And you're familiar with this. Earlier when it was said wrestling is everything, if you've ever watched a boxing news conference where two boxers look like they hate each other and they're talking about how the other one grew up poor or their parents didn't love them, that is a promo. And as mentioned, wrestling isn't everything because people like to be entertained. And wrestling, the goal of it is to entertain. So you can find it in all facets. One word, politics. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Politicians clearly studied wrestling. They're cutting what? promos every time they get up on stage. President Trump. Quick thing, even he was in wrestling at one point with WrestleMania about yes, a decade ago. About WrestleMania 22, I think. When he was like a hair versus hair match with this year, man. Yes. Yes. Good and God, we missed out on a ball, Donald Trump. That would have been amazing. But yes. The back, memes that would have been used now in today's time would have been incredible. To go back how wrestling is everything. When whoever wins the Super Bowl, what do you see five minutes after they got the, they won the Super Bowl? There's a WWE championship belt on someone's shoulders. In fact, WWE will send the team a custom title belt for them. So wrestling is everything, and everything is wrestling. And when wrestling is good, it's great. Yes. And when it's bad, it's absolutely terrible. Oh, it is. You so just have to roll with those punches. I mean... When, but everybody likes a good train wreck. Yes, everybody does like a good train wreck, though. Okay. But wrestling is great when it actually works, but it can be flat-out disgustingly horrible. And there's many storylines. You can look it up on your own time with WWE. Right now with AEW's got a character called Christian who wears a turtleneck. looks fan-fucking-tastic in a turtleneck. <laughs> One of his major things when he makes, does promos, he rips on like, the other faces dead dad. See, that, yeah, that's, in my opinion, too far. That's It's too far. It's amazing for us. Absolutely not. When he did one from Dynamite, we went. He rose. He went on Jack Perry's father, which everyone know who Jungle Boy. Though I can understand if you've never watched wrestling, you are hearing this fair viewer and you're think or listener, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, they do what?" But they typically get approval for these sorts of things. There is no, this is not an actual. I'm going to go out when you don't know it and talk about your dead dad. To go off of that little another nudge, they don't go to yeah, the business for themselves during that point. Another term, business for yourself, is where you act independently of the storyline in a way that is outside the expected boundaries. These guys work together backstage. They talk together. They plan out storylines. That comment we might have made about the dead dad might sound terrible, but the person receiving that knows what the other person is going to say. 
But if you go outside the lines and say something that isn't pre-approved, that is called going into business for yourself. Because wrestling is a tandem business. It is a multiple person business. You are trusting your life with someone else. Your life is in someone else's hands because if they drop you the wrong way, you could break your neck. So it is very much a business that you have to cooperate with others to exist. And during when the moment you go for business yourself, you're now shunned upon by most of the community yep. and you'll find harder ways to get work. You may get by once or twice. You can talk your way out because most, let's face it, most of the wrestlers are great talkers in some aspects. It's but true. Once you start going through business for yourself, you're burning bridges that will never be repaired. Never that be is rebuilt. so true. People get blacklisted where they no longer can work anywhere. And at that moment, we're going to take a pause here in the conversation because this is ultimately going to wind up being a three-part episode just because of how much I love talking to my friends and how much knowledge we have to share because this is just a passion of ours. When we come back, we're going to pick up with talking about some of our favorites here going in from all the way down from the psychology, all the way to the favorites, such as our referees. There's just so much to cover here. My name is Cade Curtis. If you would like to email me, my email is Cade, which is spelled C-A-D-E, at learningfromfriends.com. If you want to send me a message over Facebook, I am found on Facebook. If you would like to send me a message over Twitter, I don't get on there much, but it's there. If you would like to be able to donate, I would gladly accept donations on my Patreon page. Every penny counts, especially when you're doing this for free. It's just a fun little hobby, but it always adds up with time and all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah, also, before I forget, thank you, Ryan Cherry, for giving us our intro music for this episode in the next two, because it's always fun just to have some good intro music for uh, our wrestling event that we've going on here. So before we leave, my name is Kay Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure that I like to call learning from friends. And most of all, don't forget to let your curiosity fly high. <laughs>